Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's hard to imagine what it is like to lose a loved one in a violent crime. Even worse, being the one to discover the crime scene and one of the people you love the most brutally murdered. In the cases we will discuss today, it was the family members or friends of the murder victims that were the ones to find their bodies. Thankfully in these cases, the loved ones have received justice with the killers being apprehended and sentenced to lengthy prison sentences. Unfortunately for the people who stumbled upon the crime scene, they have their own life sentence, dealing with their grief and memory of the last time seeing the person they loved brutally murdered. Murder Victims Found by Their Loved Ones, this week on Mysteriously Listed. Number 5. Tess Ritchie Tess Ritchie was excited to celebrate her 23rd birthday with a friend Riley, who she hadn't seen in years. The two planned to spend the night of November 25, 2017, drinking and dancing at a drag bar, Cruise and Tango, in downtown Toronto in Canada. Tess and Riley arrived at the club around midnight. Tess dressed casually in a black sweater, tights and high heel boots. Tess was also wanting to forget a horrible breakup from only days before. Due to her emotional state and petite build, the alcohol affected Tess very quickly and surveillance footage shows Tess intoxicated. She's unsteady on her feet and even falling into people at points. Security asked Tess and Riley to leave the club at around 2am. Tess can be seen arguing with a bouncer, but they do leave and stand outside smoking and chatting to the other clubgoers. It is around this time they meet 21-year-old Kaylin Slatter. The trio would walk together first to a pizza parlour and then a hot dog stand to get some food. Around 3.45am, Riley received a text from her boyfriend and she decided to go and see him, leaving Tess to order an Uber and Kaylin seemingly walking away talking to another woman. Phone records show Tess order her Uber at 4am and security footage show both her and Kaylin talking together again a few minutes later. The two were last seen walking down a stairwell into an alleyway. Kaylin reappears about five minutes later, but Tess is nowhere to be seen. And when her Uber arrived at 4.14, Tess was not there. Four days later, Tess's mother, Christine, was putting up missing persons posters and searching in Toronto's gay village, the same area Tess was last seen that night. As she peered into the bottom of an outdoor stairwell in the construction site, she immediately recognises her daughter's dead body lying on the concrete below. Quote, I went into complete shock, horror, disbelief. I could not process or make sense of what I was seeing. I was terrified. Unquote. 
Because of Riley's statements and large amount of security footage, Kaylin would be quickly arrested and charged with second-degree murder. This would later be upgraded to first-degree murder after Kaylin confessed details of the crime to undercover agents in prison. Kaylin alleged that on the night of Tessa's murder, she agreed to go into the alleyway with him to fool around, but turned down his request for sex because she was on her period. This angered Kaylin, and he would strangle Tess to death using her own scarf. This act excited him and he would ejaculate on her leg, his semen later being found on Tessa's pant leg. Police would be heavily criticised for their failure to be the ones to find Tess. Her body was found only 40 metres from a location where two officers had previously been called three days earlier. These officers were eventually charged for misconduct, for neglect to duty under the Police Services Act. Is Toronto Police formed the province's first dedicated missing persons unit. Number four, Hannah Leffler. 16-year-old Hannah Leffler had only dated 16-year-old Skylar Prockner for six months before they broke up in May 2014 because he had become possessive and controlling, saying things to Hannah like, you're mine forever, no one else gets you. Shortly after, Hannah began dating another boy from their hometown of Regina, Canada. On the other hand, Skylar could not cope with the breakup. He texted Hannah constantly. He would follow her to school and wait outside. On one occasion, he stood on her front step and used a hammer to smash a gift that she had once given him. Hannah, though, insisted on seeing the best in people and refused to consider that Skylar could harm her. In October 2014, Skylar came up with a murder plot, Project Zombify, which involved recruiting as many as seven friends to harm Hannah and her new boyfriend. It involved luring them to a park and attacking them using baseball bats, duct tape, knives and chloroform. There was even a Facebook group that was used solely to stalk Hannah and her new boyfriend, so Skylar knew their whereabouts at all times. However, this plan was eventually called off after Hannah ended the relationship with her new boyfriend. By January 2015, Hannah already had a new boyfriend, which Skylar found out about on January 11, 2015, the day before Hannah's murder. The fact that she had another boyfriend infuriated him. He felt like Hannah was flaunting it in his face to spite him. He decided to text his best friend to put their murder plan back into action, which he replied he would help with. This time, though, Hannah was their one and only target. The new plan was for Skylar's friend to bring a knife to school and then convince Hannah to meet him alone at her home after school. Skylar was lying in wait at Hannah's home. When they arrived at the Lefner home, Skylar's friend watched as Skylar chased Hannah throughout the house. He overpowered her and then stabbed Hannah ten times in the chest, killing her. Hannah's body would be later found that evening by her stepfather. It did not take investigators long to figure out who her killer was, and Skylar Prockner was arrested the next day. 
Despite being only 16 years old, he was charged as an adult. The other teen involved in Hannah's death was also arrested, but his charges remained as a juvenile status. On July 4, 2017, more than two years after Hannah's murder, Skylar Prochner was sentenced to life imprisonment with no eligibility for parole for 10 years. His accomplice, who remains unidentified, was sentenced as a youth and will be eventually released. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Number 3. Ashley Ellerin 22-year-old Ashley Ellerin was a dancer and fashion designer living in Los Angeles, California. And in February 2001, she was also dating one of the hottest up-and-coming actors at the time, Ashton Kutcher. On the evening of February 21, 2001, Ashley called Ashton and asked him if she could attend a Grammys viewing party with him at his house. Ashton said no, that instead he would come see her after the show at her apartment. When he called her again at 10.45 and Ashley didn't answer, Ashton thought that Ashley was still mad at him and he headed straight to her apartment. But when he got there, there was no answer to his knocks. When Ashton looked through Ashley's apartment window, he saw what he thought to be red wine spilt on the floor. Thinking his girlfriend got drunk and went to bed, he left and went home. The next morning, Ashley's body was discovered by her roommate, Justin Peterson. She was found slumped in the hallway by the bathroom, just out of view of the window Ashton had looked through only hours before. Ashley had been stabbed 35 times. When police questioned Ashley's friends, they immediately had a suspect in their mind. Air conditioning repairman, 24-year-old Michael Gargiulio. Michael lived in the same neighbourhood as Ashley. One day he had shown up at her apartment and handed her his business card. After that, Ashley's roommate Justin said Michael started showing up more frequently. Ashley was always nice to him and even invited him to a few parties. This was despite her friends expressing their concerns that Michael was obsessed with her. Two months before Ashley's murder, Justin noticed that Michael was parked outside their apartment in the early hours of the morning. When he confronted him about it, Michael said the FBI was after him in connection to a murder in Chicago, that the FBI wanted his DNA and he was hiding from them. Justin warned Ashley to stay away from Michael after this, but Ashley laughed it off and she wasn't concerned. Now, despite Michael Gargiulio being a strong suspect right from the start, police did not have enough evidence to arrest him. In 2008, seven years later, Michael was arrested for an attempted murder on another young woman in the same neighbourhood. 
Michael attacked Michelle Murphy in her own apartment, but in this case, Michelle was able to fight him off and she identified him to authorities. Because of Michelle's bravery, police were now able to obtain his DNA. Not only did the DNA match the DNA found on Ashley's body, it also linked Michael to two other unsolved murders, the 2005 murder of 32-year-old Maria Bruno and 18-year-old Trisha Parcasio's murder in 1993. Police realised they had a serial killer on their hands. In October 2019, a jury recommended the death penalty for Michael Gargiulio after he was found guilty for the murders. Despite efforts for the defence to prove otherwise, the same jury also determined that he was sane during the killings. During the sanity proceedings, the district attorney acknowledged that Michael's behaviour was not what might be considered normal, but that, quote, evil does not mean insane. Number 2. Faith Hedgepeth Just after midnight on September 17, 2012, 20-year-old Faith Hedgepeth and her roommate, Karina Robson, left their apartment in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Both were students at the University of North Carolina and needed to let off some steam with a night of drinking and dancing. The pair staying out for several hours before grabbing some food at a local late-night restaurant at 2am. They returned home to their second-storey apartment at around 3am. One neighbour who lived in the apartment below heard a loud thud shortly after they arrived home. He would later report it sounded like someone had dropped a heavy book. At 4.30, Karina left the apartment to meet up with a friend. When she left, she did not lock the apartment door. At around 11 the next morning, Karina called Faith to pick her up, but there was no answer. Her calls were going straight through to voicemail. Karina got another friend to take her home, but what greeted her there would forever haunt her. Faith had been murdered, and there was blood all throughout the small one-bedroom apartment. Faith was partially clothed and had sustained multiple head injuries. The murder weapon was left behind at the apartment. Faith had been beaten to death with an empty rum bottle. The medical examiner also later determining that Faith had been sexually assaulted. Found on Faith's bed was the bag from the takeout restaurant. Written on the bag in pen were the words, quote, I'm not stupid, bitch. Jealous. Unquote. The police were able to pull DNA from both Faith's body and the pen used to write the message on the bag, and they were a match, meaning the killer wrote the message. One thing the police noted was that the bedroom was covered in blood, but there was no blood on the bag. And what this suggests is that the killer might have stayed at the apartment and cleaned himself up before writing the note. September 2021, following a drink-driving charge in Wake County several weeks prior, 28-year-old Miguel Enrique Helguerio was arrested. He had a Chapel Hill address listed at the time of his arrest. He failed to attend court on September 3, 2021, and an outstanding order for his arrest was issued. 
The court documents showed police have since announced that his DNA was a match to the crime scene at Faith's apartment, and he has now been charged with first-degree murder. At the time of Faith's murder, Miguel would have only been 19 years old, and he was never considered a person of interest or suspect at the time of the crime. Authorities are yet to comment whether Miguel will also be charged with the sex crime. He is currently being held without bond at the Durham County Jail. Number 1. Tiffany Ferguson Tiffany Ferguson was only 22 years old when she was found brutally murdered inside her apartment in Nashville, Tennessee, on February 28, 2017. She was stabbed several times during the early morning hours by a drifter named Christopher McLawhorn. Police have never found any connection between Tiffany and Christopher before the murder. It appears as if the accident was completely random. Police were able to identify Christopher after he was captured on CCTV footage on the morning of the murder. The camera would capture him walking around the apartment building, checking for unlocked cars to steal and unlocked apartments to break into. Unfortunately, on this night, Tiffany and her roommate left the door of their apartment unlocked, and as a result, Christopher was able to enter the apartment without force. Shortly before 6am, Tiffany's roommate woke up to the sound of Tiffany screaming. When she went to check on her, she found Tiffany fatally injured on her bed, and the door to their apartment, it was wide open. Christopher already fleeing the scene at this point. However, it did not take police long to identify him as a suspect in the case. In addition to the surveillance footage, two other homeless men told police that Christopher had bragged them about killing someone. Christopher McLawhorn would eventually be arrested in March 2017. He was charged with murder and aggravated burglary and theft. Christopher pled guilty on all charges. At his trial in September 2018, it was revealed Christopher did an internet search on his phone only hours after the murder that read, quote, Just how incriminating is a fingerprint really? Unquote. Christopher also viewed numerous online news reports about Tiffany's murder. During their closing statement, the lead prosecutor told the jury, quote, Christopher reveled in it, looking at pictures of the young woman whose life he just took. This isn't the first time a killer has returned to the scene of the crime, unquote. The jury ultimately found Christopher McLawhorn guilty of all charges. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Do you have something you would like to see mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Message us on Facebook at Mysteriously Listed and on Twitter at Mysterious List. If you like what you've heard today, we would love for you to share this episode on your social media of choice. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you could leave a positive review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. 
Music is by Mayu. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 